Incredibly exciting. It's really about as a developer, that's an amazing feeling to have. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 70 of the latest PS5. I'm your host, Sonny Sangera. And unfortunately, this week, Alex can't be with us. He's almost fully healthy again, but we just didn't want to have him um, coughing or sneezing or anything like that on the show. So he decided that one more week and he'll be back to work. So this week, I'm joined by industry veteran, AJ. How are you doing, AJ? Hi, so how are you doing? You are right? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And thank you so much for helping us out today. Before we carry on, obviously, last week we had industry veteran Asim Tanvir. Uh, this week we got yourself. If you want to tell the listeners just a little bit about yourself, they don't need to know what football team you support. But um, yeah, just a little bit about yourself before we get started. Yeah, guys. So um, I'm a technical producer for a UK developer. Unfortunately, I can't disclose which one. It's a very well known one. And the football team, I'm going to leave that for next time because we don't want to get into a fist fight, Sunday, do we? <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, if people thought me bantering with Alex was bad, you, sh- you don't want to hear what me and AJ are like when it comes to football. But it's another week, AJ. You know, it's been a crazy week. There's been a lot of news, a lot of financial news, which we're going to go over in this episode. But before we do that, tradition dictates that we kind of just talk about what we've been playing over the last week so have you played anything in particular over the last week um i picked up the new fifa turn 22 yep now um i'm thoroughly enjoying it to be quite honest the last two fifas have left have left let me down i was um considering moving over making the big switch <laughs> to konami and you know the whole new e-football However, you're lucky you, did. you're lucky you didn't. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But however, FIFA 22 absolutely sucked me back in. They, they drew me back in. There's so much to do. So many different game menus, game modes. It's unreal. Gameplay itself, it feels like a brand new game. And I think, you know, for somebody who um, is on the straight side of the football banter over these years between FIFA and Pez, um, <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the thing I've been envious. The two things I've been envious the most about when it comes to three things, actually, is uh, the game modes that are available to a person to play for FIFA. You know, obviously, there's the presentation and the online side of things as well. But, you know, the pitch has always belonged to Pez. And every time FIFA made changes. They made incremental changes where reviewers would be like, it feels more like Pez. It feels a little bit more like Pez. They kept saying that. And obviously, this has been a transitional year for eFootball and it hasn't gone well. They'll get there eventually with the updates and stuff, seeing as it's now a live service. But yeah, I mean, a lot of people who have been getting fed up with FIFA over the last few years have re- really enjoyed 22 this year. What's your favorite mode? Uh, definitely the Volta Arcade. Volta oh, Arcade, wow. unreal. So there's all different games with like head tennis. Um, from your younger days when we were kids, we used to play slams against the wall in <laughs> mode like that. It's it's really good. It's really good. It's lots of fun to watch. The downside of it is only available to play on a weekend, unfortunately. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Keep... 
keeping people from doing it during work days and school days and things like that you know what I mean and it's kind of cool because that's when you would kind of do it when you were younger you'd play those sort of games on the weekend and after school and stuff so yeah I mean for myself uh, as I mentioned last week finished Deathloop I've been playing Alan Wake Remastered Um, it's okay you know at the moment I'm on episode three it's okay I don't understand for what reason people all those years ago were saying that it was better than heavy rain because it's nowhere near heavy rain but i'm enjoying it i'm playing it i'll get through it kind of just i was gonna say let's go for the platinum on it but now i just kind of want to finish the game and have it done with uh but hopefully it gets better yeah (laughs) very good like you know the platinum again i know i know it's i've got to really enjoy the game um, to platinum it or get really close to it and it, and I can see that it won't take me a long time to get it. Time's the thing, you know. Um, but we'll move on to the news because, AJ, speaking of time, EA, FIFA, time is coming to an end potentially. You know, this is massive specifically as well for you, you know, being the big FIFA player. So I'm going to go to Video Games Chronicle on this one because this is a big news story and i know it won't be making much headway stateside but people have to understand that fifa is one of the biggest games in the world if not the biggest when it comes to revenue i think you know it's on the same levels as fortnite and games like that but there's a big massive story going around at the moment and issues in real life between fifa's developer ea and obviously fifa who is the world governing body for football so i'm going to go to video games chronicle and read this article for you and then we'll go from there so number one ea is reportedly considering walking away from the fifa license due to the body's demands for around two and a half billion dollars over the next decade now if anyone's wondering what body means governing body so body is fifa and that wasn't million that was billion with a b over the next decade That's according to a new report from the New York Times, which cites people close to negotiations who claim that the footballing body is asking EA to more than double what it paid previously for the FIFA naming rights. The publication reports that at least two years of talks about renewing the contract that allows EA to use the organization's name hit the wall after FIFA asked for $1 billion for each four-year World Cup cycle. FIFA, the governing body that controls world football, is also said to be keen to limit the extent of EA's rights, while the game's publisher reportedly wants to explore highlights of actual games, arena video game tournaments, and digital products like NFTs. EA's current 10-year FIFA naming deal expires after next year's Qatar World Cup. That will take place, obviously, December um, 2022 on that one. EA publicly stated that it was exploring cutting ties with the FIFA name in an unusual press release published earlier this week. In the statement, EA Sports Group CM, GM, sorry, Cam Weber, confirmed the company was exploring the idea of renaming the blockbuster franchise and was reviewing its naming rights agreement with the world footballing body FIFA. Former EA head Peter Moore, who now works at Unity Technologies, told the New York Times in a telephone interview that the statement was unusual for the games firm and that he believed it was clearly sending a little bit of a signal. 
While it's unclear when a decision on the future of the franchise will be made, EA has recently made several steps to ensure a future for the series with or without the governing body. Earlier this month, it was announced that Electronic Arts, EA, had come to an agreement to extend its current deal with the football players union, FIF Pro, which gives it access to all likenesses and names of professional football players worldwide. It was later discovered that EA had trademarked the terrible, in my opinion, EA Sport FC with the UK's Intellectual Property Office and the European Union Intellectual Property Office this month. AJ, there's a lot to take in there, but the whole idea, can you imagine a world where EA releases a football game and it's not called FIFA? It's crazy. It's crazy. However, at first I didn't think 2.5 billion over the decade wasn't a lot, considering the amount of sales that they make. FIFA, Mm. well, EA as a whole. Because it's not just obviously they got income from all sorts, NFL, NHL, Obviously, UFC. So I, I thought 2.5 billion over a decade is peanuts. But then <laughs> FIFA demanded more. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, FIFA are, you know, it's to, to ask more than double. You know, that is insane. You know, that's more than the TV rights for football. And yes, it's 10 years. And you can think, yeah, that's still 200 and, you know, 200, that's a lot of money, mate. You know what I mean? That's over 200 million per year that you're paying. For a FIFA, a FIFA name. Otherwise, in my opinion, hold hold all the cards because they could turn around and say to FIFA, "Well, well, sorry, EA in their own rights." Could turn around and say to FIFA, "Well, all right, then see you later," because we hold the game mechanism. It's just your name and rights that we hold. That's all it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just branding, and that's the key thing. And it's quite funny because even though they would never pay it, can you imagine if Konami turned around and says, "Okay, we're going to buy, <laughs> we'll, we'll buy that deal." <laughs> E-FIFA, you know what I mean? E-FIFA, that'll never happen. And I think people have got to look at it and think this isn't going to happen. This isn't going to happen. This could just be EA maneuvering around to scare FIFA into lowering the the deal. You know what I mean? Um, EA do look at it and think, okay, if we change the name, word will get around. We will communicate to our players that the, the name is changing. But, Which is easily done this this day and age with Twitter. Exactly, so, and when you get the mom who goes in to buy FIFA and she doesn't realize that uh, FIFA's not there anymore, is that going to be the equivalent of two hundred million lost sales per year? No, it isn't, because no, if it, you got to remember that FIFA twenty three, which is the game it will affect, comes out months just months before the Qatar World Cup, which is in December, right? December twenty two. FIFA will come out obviously September, October time of um, 22. So all it would take is a update, you know, a big update that will drop whenever the license finishes after the Qatar World Cup. So anyone who's already bought FIFA 22, which is including everyone at Christmas anyway, they will switch it on. There'll be an update and it will be called something new. There'll be messages all over the screen saying, welcome to EA Sports FC, the shittest football name since eFootball. And then it goes it goes from there. You know what I mean? We've got two badly named football games, but yeah. And then EA obviously can retain the money that they would have paid FIFA and FIFA lose another source of income. FIFA have got to be worried a little bit. You know, EA are smart that they're already making these tiny little moves. Um, you know, to obviously trademark other names and stuff. You know, but if you could name it, what would you name the game? 
Oh, name the game. EA All Stars. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most generic thing I've heard. You know what I mean? All Elite Football. Top of my head, Top of my head EA All Stars. <laughs> call it All Elite Football, yeah. Well, nah, not all elite football. <laughs> all, elite, all elite wrestling, all elite football. There you I'm go. Right, so the broadcasting and that is a bit rubbish, so I don't really want to put that kind of um, bad vibes on FIFA. Uh, I tell you something, though. I wouldn't be surprised that if 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 it was still called Pez and eFootball was never used, I wouldn't be surprised if he, if if EA were like, right, we're going to call it EA Football. That's it. Can you imagine eFootball, EA Football? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be very, very interesting. But yeah, obviously we're definitely going to... Keep... It's, it's mad, but we'll definitely keep an eye on that because it's a huge, huge story and massive for the video game industry because as I mentioned at the top of the story that FIFA is one of the biggest games in the world. I mean, one of the main reasons as well, even when we were younger, people would always pick up FIFA just because of the naming stuff. Nobody knew who Merseyside Red was, but you know who Liverpool are. Exactly, and I mean... You've got to look at it as well in a sense of, I mean, they, they, they do have the NFL license, but it's not called NFL. It's called Madden. Madden you know, yeah. It's named after a former player. Why can't, you know, it'll be really interesting if they could do something like that and find a footballing name that they could use instead of Maradona it. I mean, football. say again? Maradona football. <laughs> nah, nah. Let's be honest. There's only one ego that can have the name and that's Zlatan yeah, football. No, Zlatan football, <laughs> mate. Only Zlatan can carry the weight of that. You know what I mean? Let's be honest. If you're going to name it after a player, you name it after the greatest of all time that has all the work, has all the records, plays for the biggest team in the world right now. It's Cristiano Ronaldo. See? Oh, that's what they should call it. See? I, 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 I like Zlatan football, but after the slogan worked more, dare to play. <laughs> dare to play. <laughs> It'll be interesting. But um, we'll move on then to the second story. And it's not about FIFA, but it is about FIFA at the same time. So a trend we've been seeing in the UK's physical charts the last couple of months is that cross-gen multi-platform games tends to sell better on the PlayStation 5. Well, if last week was any indication in the latest breakdown, so Far Cry 6, which launched at number two in the charts, 47% of its sales were on PS5, 24% were on PS4, and 29 across Xbox platforms, which totaled 71% of all of Far Cry's sales on PlayStation platforms. Alan Wake Remastered, which launched at number five, 63% of sales on PS5, 21% on PS4, and 16% on Xbox. This is originally an Xbox 360 exclusive, yet 84% were on PlayStation platforms. I'm not surprised because PlayStation players like myself as well wanted to play the game and see what it was all about but i didn't think it'd be 84 percent of sales you know it is it's 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 crazy um and in regards to the uk chart if i just run it down for you number 10 it's always in there gta 5 number nine super mario 3d world and bowser's fury Number eight, Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. Number seven, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Number six, Minecraft. Number five, Alan Wake Remastered. Number four, Mario Kart 8. Deluxe. Number three, Metroid Dread. Number two, Far Cry 6. And number one, FIFA 22. I'm quite surprised, though, that uh, a Nintendo game wasn't top of the chart. Obviously, with the launch of the... The uh, yeah, my sound gives it all away. The OLED Switch, you know. Yeah. Um, but the Switch one and a half. But... 
it's basically yeah i did think it would be top of the charts this week probably with metroid dread um you know but yeah. no it wasn't i mean what's your thoughts dude on the charts obviously I mean, fifa's always there gta is always there absolutely you can never um downgrade gta it's been a, it's been a long runner hasn't it really and truly mm-hmm. but did you see the fifa dominated also top by positions in french charts <laughs> i did indeed so yeah. Uh, what AJ's talking about, listeners, is in France, number one was FIFA, number two was FIFA, number three was FIFA, number four was FIFA, and five time, five time, five time, five time, five time, five time was FIFA. You know, FIFA dominated the, uh, the charts because FIFA on all various formats was number one, two, three, four, five in the charts. It was also number one in the German charts last week. It was also number one in the Italian charts last week. It was also number one in the Spanish charts last week. It's, it's dominating. And it's that know. time of year. <laughs> it's, it's it's crazy. It's that time of year, isn't it? FIFA season, isn't it? Definitely, you know. And it's it, it, kind of and, that FIFA as a governing body need to think about like, their names just getting out there as FIFA as a body. That's who, that's what people know FIFA for. Like, you know, kids will be like, yeah, I know FIFA, I play their game, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but if FIFA want to ruin that, they can carry on the way they are. But it always used to piss me off when FIFA was number one. I thought it's just, it's, it's, it's barely an upgrade. It's not done it. But this year, it sounds obviously like they've made big changes to yeah. FIFA 22 and it justifies those number one positions all around Europe and the Middle East and Asia and probably the Americas. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, but we'll move on. This one excites me. Number three. Another day, another rumour, and this time the word on the street is that fans could have their choice of playing as either Peter Parker or Miles Morales in Marvel Spider-Man 2. Last month at PlayStation September Showcase, Insomniac Games unveiled the new entry into the franchise, and now we are getting tiny tidbits about the gameplay mechanics. In a recent rumour, it suggests that throughout Spider-Man 2, players will have their choice of playing as either Peter Parker or Miles Morales, which will also give players the opportunity to use both of their skill sets. I mean, mm. that sounds... Ex- say that yeah, again? So, so that sounds amazing. I mean, uh, that's a similar sort of structure, mission structure in Ratchet and Clank with Ratchet and Rivet. Indeed, exactly. Oh, that's actually a really good one. You know, I never, I never actually thought about that. But yeah, I mean, Ratchet and Rivet, you play the campaign, it alternates, but it allows you to choose where you want to go. And I think that would work really, really well in Spider-Man 2. I mean, I want you to picture this. Did you play the original Spider-Man? I did. I did. Of course you did. Um, everybody did, right? But if you remember that structure, think of uh, the map of New York, right? Now think about when you look at the map and all the icons come up, yeah, for your main mission, side missions, things like that. Now imagine a map where you have your main missions and obviously they are Peter Parker or Miles based on what the game wants you to do. But imagine that you could free flow around the city like GTA 5 where you can just hop into either Peter or Miles, you know, and you can choose who you want to do it. What I would actually like though is side missions dedicated to Miles for her own side story and side missions dedicated to Peter for his own little side story around the main story, you know. But I do hope it's like GTA 5 where you just press a button and you zoom out of one and zoom into the other, you know, or there's this like super sleek like transition between Miles and Peter where what the other one comes out of nowhere and the camera just pans and you're like all of a sudden you're doing Miles or something. 
you gotta love you gotta love Spider-Man for the cinematic roles, right? You gotta love for the cinematics. Oh yeah, definitely. definitely. Between the two would be quite cool. I think the biggest thing that excites me along with this rumor is that apparently that the swinging speed is 1.8 times faster. So, and he's a lot more agile. So, or they are a lot more agile. So when they, they're barely touching windows and stuff as Spider-Man would, you know, he would just kind of touch it. But I think that was the one thing that Spider-Man 2018, it felt when you compare it to Miles's speed, right in the ps5 version because miles obviously swings a hell of a lot faster um yeah i can't wait i cannot wait and you're right those cinematics you like you know when you do the moves and the camera changes angle where you do the move and everything oh Crazy. this this game is going to be insane and yeah hopefully they do do that but that, yeah i mean i would love it to be like ratchet and clank where it changes between ratchet and rivet on that one um are you going to get spider-man 2 definitely which one did you like more spider-man or miles morales Ah, oh, Spider-Man. It's got to be the original. You can't beat the original. Luca. <laughs> you can't beat the original. Nah, mate. Miles was way better. Miles was good. I think it was a shit game at all. It was a good, it was, it was a good game, but the first Spider-Man had too much nostalgia in there for me. True, true. And it had a lot in there, man. But um, yeah, either one is a great one to get, you know, uh, which is really, really cool. Speaking of uh, great games, number four. And this is right up your alley, AJ. As announced in a press release, Capcom has stated that Resident Evil 7 has set a new milestone for the company as it becomes the first game in the series to ship over 10 million units globally. The game launched back on the PS4 and was also playable in PSVR. Now, listeners, if you're not aware, AJ absolutely loves horror games. Don't you, AJ? (laughs) Yeah, close I do. <laughs> <laughs> he hates them. Absolutely hates them with a passion. Won't go anywhere near them. Did you play Resident Evil 7? I never. I, mean, I remember you forced me to go sit in that bloody uh, VR game at once. <laughs> Come on, sweat. So, listeners, uh, AJ is one of those gamers, and there's many of them that just don't like horror games or horror movies, and but he supports Liverpool, so I don't understand how that logic works. <laughs> but uh, when I had the PSVR... Um, AJ and his brothers came round and they obviously wanted to have a go before purchasing themselves and I said oh no 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 there's nothing scary I promise nothing scary I promise so I put them in the kitchen demo <laughs> where you obviously if you know the kitchen demo you know the kitchen demo and then I put them in beginning hour and if you know the beginning hour demo you know the beginning hour demo or Resident Evil projects uh, yeah and AJ was sweating and I've never seen a VR headset fly so fast <laughs> you know, I was like, I don't think so. But I mean, for listeners that know, Resident Evil 7 was a complete refresh of the franchise. Honest to God, it's the closest video game that you'll get to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It was scary. It was unnervy. It was unbelievable. And I'm happy that it's that game that is breaking records for the franchise. But I can give it a few years and I can see Village overtaking it. Uh, what a game, you know, absolutely stunning. Are you going to play Resident Evil Village? Um, no, I think I'm going to let everyone else play and let me know. What <laughs> but I tell you what, though, uh, with Resident Evil Village, that game, it's not scary. It's like uh, Aliens. So it's just action, if you know what I mean. So mm. the actual thing is taking out the traditional zombie from Resident Evil and putting in werewolves made it more action orientated. Okay. So it is a lot more action focused, um, you know, because and and I think uh, 
Nah, I think there's no jump. I'm trying to think. Did I jump scare that game? I don't think I did. Yeah, I did. I, I, I didn't quite get it because Evans Evil is known for its like his its music, his music sort of suspension. Mm. And all of a sudden, you know, the zombies jumped out, and yeah, you got you got zombie dogs jumping through the windows. Mm, I don't. Honest to God, I don't think you. I think you would actually enjoy Village because it is very action orientated. There's nothing scary, but I think the scariest thing in the game is when you know you're running low on ammo. You're like, <laughs> that's, oh, that's it. <laughs> I... <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It's like, if I look back at Village, things that scared me the most or made me feel most uneasy was um, if I knew I didn't have the ammo and I'm like, oh, crap, man. If I've got no ammo and a werewolf comes, I've got to try and beat him with a plank of wood. Or yeah. when you're going to fight a boss and you've got no ammo uh, and the boss has a tendency to kill you straight away. So, yeah, have a look at it. Uh, not scary at all because it is literally just werewolves and vampires. So, if anything, you're playing Van Helsing yeah. <laughs> uh, on that sense. Um, number five, as promised after the announcement, Rockstar has removed the PS2 versions of its legendary GTA titles from the PlayStation Store in anticipation for its upcoming PlayStation 5 and PS4 remasters. So, we're talking about Grand Theft Auto 3, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, which were all launched on the PS2. Despite not showing a second of footage from the new re-releases, the publisher said that it would take any existing versions down starting 11th of October, and now they have indeed disappeared from the PlayStation Store. AJ, this is weird, right? Because you look at the GTA trilogy, uh, which is basically GTA 3, GTA Vice City, GTA San Andreas, you could get all three for under 20 quid. There's rumors going around that these remasters are like 70 bucks for all three. Wow. That's ridiculous. Think, that's crazy. But I'll be honest, GTA sells. GTA is a classic. San Andreas, Vice City, two of my favorite games. I'll be tempted to buy. Are you scared though, like that they haven't shown any enhancements or the actual what the remasters look like? I'm not because I'm I'm confident in what they do. They've done it for years. I mean, they've always they've killed sales for years. You know, mm, yeah. They're selling games for jokes for that. So you know, they've got a mechanism there that works. So I'm not really too concerned that it's going to be a terrible game at all. Yeah, I mean, when, even if it was just a PS2 port, it's not terrible. It's a great. They they, they control like shit because the you know the control schemes like that. Yeah don't hold up I and mean, it could use a, a, a lick of paint but yeah it'll be really interesting to see what those games actually look like visually and how they play from a control standpoint and frame rate and do they still have the soundtracks or have they gone to some default tracks we'll have to wait and see hope they haven't changed the soundtracks <laughs> we'll see what happens but um yeah i mean as we know uh the trilogy is coming out this side of christmas so everybody keep an eye out it'll be really interesting to see what the price is on that one number six during a recent preview event for the upcoming Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker expansion, director Naoki Yoshida revealed that Square Enix's MMORPG recently surpassed 24 million players. Furthermore, it is the most profitable Final Fantasy game in the entire series. Now, that includes Final Fantasy VII, you know, um, which just did not stop selling for years, and it didn't cost that much to make on PlayStation 1 compared to today's development. But, I mean... Have you played Final Fantasy before? I haven't. I've seen it. I've obviously know about it. Never been. back in the day. I played it. It's never been my type of game, but 
Manchester City itself is a, is a fan favourite. I mean, 24 mm. million players, it, 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 it speaks on its own, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, what's interesting is I'll, I really want to hold eFootball in comparison with this. So, obviously, Final Fantasy is a game that comes out like FIFA whenever it wants to come out. It's like a full-blown package. Final Fantasy fourteen came, online game. People were like, oh, no, it's not going to work. It launched. It was absolutely destroyed. It had like a 40-something Metacritic. It was apparently, and the quotes were, um, you know, a dishonor to the brand of Final Fantasy, uh, the dark side of Final Fantasy, the shame. They didn't do anything. Square just quietly went about their business, quietly updating the game over years. It's taken a long time to get Final Fantasy fourteen to where it is now. And we're talking about four or five years here. You know, I'm not, okay, we're not talking four or five years. We're talking not that much. But there's been a lot of updates, a lot of developments. And look at where the game is now. 24 million players, most profitable in history. I've got hope for eFootball. My only concern is Square did these updates based on gamers' feedback, yeah. you know, they had sessions where the developers would sit down and have digital meetings with Final Fantasy players to listen to the issues and allow the players to show them the issues as well so they could fully comprehend and understand. They would have these massive reports. And you know what they did with these reports? They translated them in multiple languages. So everyone who works on Final Fantasy XIV understood what was going on, you know, and they've worked on it. There was a comprehensive fixed to this game over the years and that's where i think konami won't there's people at konami who want eFootball to succeed and they know what they need to do to have eFootball to succeed it's just whether they're allowed to voice that and have that but yeah. i mean final fantasy massive massive and yeah i mean we've got 16 coming out as a playstation exclusive soon as well do you think you give 16 a go I probably will because I can say kudos to uh, Square. Like you said, they've taken on board the the, the players' uh, feedback and they've acted on it, which is the mm-hmm. best thing they could have done. Because as you said, certain developers aren't t- don't tend to do that because they're quite stubborn per se to their what they've made. Mm-hmm. So you know, like I say, the results speak for itself. I mean, twenty four million players and the most profitable fantasy football series, I mean, fantasy fantasy in the series. So. Obviously, what they've done and took the feedback and acted on it has worked. Definitely on that front. But yeah, we'll keep an eye on Final Fantasy 14 and see what's happening in the future. It's only going to get bigger, really. Before we move on to the letters, just a quick wrap-up on some news. Uh, Kenner Bridge of Spirits, which launched launched last month, uh, finished in the top three, both stateside and on the UK charts for September, which is a great achievement for that game as well, when you consider it only came to PS4 and PS5. If you're on social media, go over to the Gotham Knights social media channels because they're teasing, obviously, things for Gotham Knights, uh, particularly about the Court of Owls. Now, if you've watched Gotham, the TV show, you'll know who they are, and that's a big forefront for the Gotham Knight game on that sense. Um, It Takes Two, which is the sleeper hit from EA-funded game. It Takes Two has sold 3 million copies now worldwide, which is insane. You know, great achievement for that game. 
And um, yeah, if I ever play that other person's player too. Also, uh, Call of Duty, they've obviously talking about cheaters lately and they've announced obviously the Ricochet anti-cheat system that is going to help people to enjoy the game a lot more because they say it's about enjoyment. You know, you play Call of Duty online a lot. Have you seen a lot of cheaters on there? Oh, man. Without getting into too much, I've seen some... I've had some ridiculous, ridiculous things happen to me. (laughs) I'm talking... People ain't even scoping at you and you're getting shot. That's stupid. How can I not be in the crosshairs and get killed? (laughs) These hackers are absolutely stupid, but thank God that, you know, this new Ricochet anti hacker way has come out and it's about time like i say the new games around the corner this anti-hacking software is out so hopefully it'll bring back the enjoyment to warzone and call of duty yeah uh well just to let you know call of duty released a letter i'll read it out quickly dear cheaters we love games it's our passion mm-hmm. we're honored to make games for the greatest fans in the world we don't always get it right but we're committed to doing our best Cheating ruins the fun for everyone. No one likes a cheater. Our goal is to deliver a fun and fair gaming experience for our developers, for our fans, and most importantly, for Call of Duty players everywhere. Cheaters aren't welcome. There's no tolerance for cheaters. And soon, you'll know what we mean. Call of Duty. <laughs> that's, the, that's the way to end it, right? Just Call of Duty. You know, yeah. like, you know who the fuck I am, right? Um and then before we go on to the letters, obviously we're coming up to the fifth anniversary of PlayStation VR. So if you are a PlayStation Plus subscriber, Sony have confirmed that we will get three bonus PSVR games in our November PlayStation Plus offerings on that one. And also, if you go over to any Last of Us fan channel or uh, if you go to HBO social channels, you'll see a few photos from the sets of the Last of Us TV show. And it's looking very Last of Us which is great to see on that one. Okay, AJ, it's that time of the show where we move on to some letters. And this is where you, the listeners, can write in and ask questions. And you can do by emailing thelatestps 5 at gmail.com or you can tweet at latestps 5 or you can send a DM on Twitter at latestps 5 So this first letter comes from Anesh from Edinburgh. Hey, latest team. Thank you for this show. I love your honesty and no bullshit take on the latest news. You're welcome, Anesh. My inquiry, with Sony releasing games on PC and the purchase of PC port developer Nixus, do you think Sony will release new games on PlayStation and PC on the same day? Anesh, I don't have to go to AJ. In my opinion, I'll tell you this straight. Fuck no. And um, reason is, they've said it. You can calm down for now. Uh, Sony have said that obviously any new big release from uh, their developers will go to PlayStation first before PC. But with that being said, we have are obviously seeing that the um, remasters or, or the uh, yeah the remasters of Uncharted Four and the Lost Legacy are coming to both PlayStation and PC on the same day. That doesn't bother me. I think what would bother me is. Well, it wouldn't even bother me, actually. But, you know, it would be weird to see if, like, God of War next year came out on PlayStation and PC on the same day. I'd be, like, a bit weird and freaked out by it, but it wouldn't bother me. What's your thoughts on it, AJ? Again, like, I, I agree with you. It would have 
it wouldn't bother me, but it would be a bit weird, like, because, like, you know, it just, it's just one of those, but it, I don't know. I don't want to be in a queue talking to a PC player because PlayStation 5 is superior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but it, it would be really interesting. And I think Sony have got it right at the moment because what they're doing is they're releasing a game on PlayStation and then they release a PC port, but they're very tactical and smart on it because if you think about it, they released Horizon, which was released to PC gamers who have obviously played it, sold over a million copies on PC, They've enjoyed it, but now you've got Horizon Forbidden West coming out on PS5. That might make you go out and buy a PS5, you know, to play Horizon Forbidden West. Or, you know, you've got people now who are looking at the games that have already come out. Days Gone has come and it's done really, really well. You've got Uncharted. It might bring people into the PlayStation ecosystem. It might not. The most important thing is more people are getting to play these amazing stories that Sony are creating, and that's all that matters. Why... I saw one guy message who on the latest PS5 Twitter and he was bitching and moaning. And I get that. Look, if you're very passionate about PlayStation, then that's totally understandable. And I understand if you're very defensive of the Sony IPs, but that's tribalism because you've got to look at it in a sense of you want Sony to win. You want Sony to do great. And for Sony to win and Sony to do great, they need to sell games and make money. That's it. At the end of the day, he who makes the most money wins in the end, right? Or is winning in the end. And you need Sony to do that. And you need them to sell as many games as you can. And they're going to do that on as many platforms as possible. So look at it from that standpoint. More people are getting to play these amazing experiences. And we'll go from there. You know, let's see what happens. I say this shit, watch them turn around and say, yeah, Forbidden West, same day. <laughs> It'll be really, really interesting. Uh, but great question, Anesh. Number two, Jess from Australia, from Down Under. Good day, mates. Your opinions on the upcoming Gran Turismo. Haven't heard you talk about it much, and I'm a big fan. AJ, I know you're a big Gran Turismo fan. Are you excited for the upcoming Gran Turismo? That PlayStation showcase right when i saw grand trismo i literally jumped out my chair nearly knocked all over the flipping coke that was on my out of my can knocked over my crisp my brothers were screaming in their room we were absolutely gassed and i cannot wait for this grand trismo yeah definitely i mean i'm the same my coke didn't go flying but i'm excited (laughs) you know absolutely excited because gran turismo i don't know i've i mean I've got access, I've had access to, I don't like Forza Motorsport because I do play it. It does feel great. It is great for Xbox gamers. But when you play, if you've played Gran Turismo, it's not about how cool the tracks are or anything. For me, it's about, does the car feel like the car, right? Is there a difference to it? I want prop like football games. You know, when you're on PS2, you wanted the simulation. So you wanted Pez or you played Knockout Kings or Fight Night, something like that, right? It's the same thing with racing games. When you played Gran Turismo, you felt a Subaru and you felt the difference in the Mitsubishi and you felt a difference in, you know, a various car, various sets of cars and things like that, you know. And that's what Gran Turismo does best. It's the cars, that other levels, the characters, they're stunning, they're amazing. And I didn't really like Forza, Forza Motorsport because it didn't have that. It had a lot of cool things, but it didn't have that depth that Gran Turismo had. Forza, Forza Horizon, 
yeah, I love those games because they're fun. You know what I mean? They're just a bit of fun to play. They remind me of Need for Speed, Hot Pursuit. Um, yeah. I play yeah. Forza great. Horizon here and there. It is fun. It is great. But again, I am missing that simulation racing game. And I only want one for that. And that's Gran Turismo. <laughs> the daddy, it's the daddy. It's has been from day one. It always will be. Forza's mm. a big number around. Forza's a good game. Uh, as I said, it's very, like, you know, Need for Speedy, Arcade, great graphics. But, you know, you don't get the feel of different cars. Mm. If I'm driving, like I said, Subaru Impreza, I want to hear and feel that Subaru feel. Mm-hmm. And if I'm jumping into, like I said, a Mitsubishi, I want to feel it. If I'm just jumping into something different, like at the end of the other, the old Grand Turismo, I used to get the F1 car, the McLaren. Yeah. And, it, you know, it felt like the supercar because it was, it was the last car to get and it felt like superior to all the other cars. Mm. And I think what excites me so much is everything that they can do with Gran Turismo, you just talk about it, it feels, it sounds. Now imagine that on a PS5 with the DualSense controller, with the haptic okay. feedback, with the 3D audio and the headsets and everything. Oh my goodness, gonna, you know. Yeah, it's just going to be an unreal, unreal, unreal experience. Cannot wait. Uh, yeah, really excited for it, Jess. Uh, visually, from a sound standpoint, from a gameplay standpoint, from every aesthetic standpoint that you can have with Gran Turismo you know I mean if you listen to this show regularly you'll know that me and Alex usually end with a PlayStation quiz and he one of the questions was to name every Gran Turismo game easy for a guy who's played every Gran Turismo game (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I'm excited I can't wait um but yeah it'll be really really interesting thanks for the question Jess well AJ we've come to the end of the show Quick and sweet this week, uh, but I got. A qu- I want you to tell something uh, to the listeners. Okay, how many PlayStation Fives are in your house? <laughs> we have three. You have three, three PS- PlayStation Fives. Four, if you include my cousins that we brought for him on the day, because he couldn't get to it. So, yeah, on the first day release, we got four to three currently in my house. Now. Uh, because obviously Alex is not here. We're not doing the PlayStation quiz or Jeopardy. Uh, <laughs> there's a funny story. So with um, AJ and his brothers and his cousin, um, we here in the UK were, you know, people have heard me speak about the PS5 launch before. Now we were all fine. You know, we were all ready <laughs> to buy PlayStation 5s. You know, we had all, you know, I spoke to AJ and his brothers. I said, listen, I can get your pre-orders for you. So you get it day one from a game store here in Birmingham. And we we all pre-ordered. Uh, we all put the deposits down. We're all fine to go. Then we get told, obviously the PlayStation is launching November 19th in the UK. Then we all get told that, oh, the UK is going into lockdown in November. Oh, shit. How do we get our PlayStation 5s? So game legally are not allowed to open and sell you PlayStation 5s, but they are legally allowed to do a click and collect system. So we have one week to get into game Birmingham. I don't even think it was a week. I think it was like four days, five days or something and pay for everything we want. So we can go and obviously get the PlayStation click and collect. Now, listeners, I want you to understand it's very hard on short notice within a three or four day period for everybody to get in. And obviously I was going to go in no matter what. Um, so I said to AJ, 
find out what you all want and send me the money. <laughs> you can all imagine what happens next, right? And you know how much a PlayStation 5 is. You know, I was there in game for like an hour and a half. Right. This is the first pre-order. This is mine. This is AJ's. This is the so-and-so, so-and-so, so It was just constant, absolute constant. And then I came out with so... Do you remember how many receipts I gave you? I, I had so much paperwork. I thought I was an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy you know I, I couldn't believe it just to how many stuff was going all around you know as a technical producer I bet you've never seen so many numbers and codes and stuff than what was on those receipts absolutely, absolutely. but when yeah I on, my, um, on my Instagram I was getting so many DMs people looked, looked to buy them off me especially after the shortage they were offering me some silly money but I was never going to part ways so what's been your favourite PS5 game so far? My favorite PS5 game is definitely Ghost of Tsushima. Tsushima. Oh, the director's cut. Yeah, man, that game is just a beautiful and sexy game. Mm, definitely. The, the, the scenery, the way you know, it has that samurai feel. You actually, honestly, I finished that game. And actually, I almost took up samurai lessons. <laughs> I almost took up samurai lessons because I was on That game just sucked me, and I was so involved. I love it. I can picture you going around as a samurai and stuff like that. That is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Well, AJ, thank you so much for filling in for Alex this week. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll definitely get you back on the show soon. Definitely for an episode of My Gaming, where we list your favorite games of all time. You know, um, but we're at the end. And um, uh, do you want to cut a promo, a Chris Jericho promo? I did want to cut a promo, but I'm going to leave that for next time now. Enough <laughs> 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 for me today. <laughs> well, you know, if hopefully your team starts going downhill, and then you won't be in the mood to cut a promo. Oh, so no we'll no go way. from there. But listeners, thank you very much for listening to the episode this week. Again, if you head over to the link in this podcast description, it will take you to our YouTube channel. Please support us there by liking and subscribing to the channel. The latest video on there is a montage and a collection of all the PlayStation 101 questions. There's 15 of them all together. So you can see and watch Alex asking me these questions and me agonizingly answering them. And you can see the banter back and forth between us. <clears throat> and as I mentioned with the letters, you can email thelatestps5 at gmail.com or you can tweet at latestps5 or you can DM at latestps5 on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening. AJ, it's a tradition that somebody has the final word, so I will give you the final word for episode 70. Thank you for having me. Thanks, guys, for listening. And don't forget, guys, You've got to got to stick with PS5. Forget these PC gamers. PS5 is <laughs> you had an opportunity to say something about your shit team and you didn't. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Yeah.